The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keslowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boutique Penske cars crash. Caution is on the speedway. The winner of the 63rd running of the Daytona 500 is indeed Michael McDowell. Would we be seeing two first-time winners in the NASCAR Cup Series to kick off the season? Checkered flag is waving at the start-finish line, and Christopher Bell is a winner in the NASCAR Cup Series. The second win in his career, William Byron scores the win here tonight at the Homestead Miami Speedway. Awesome job! Awesome job, guys. Kyle Larson down the Nellis straightaway. What an afternoon for the five. He wins in the Pennzoil 400 in dominating style. Here he comes up off of turn number four. Checkered flag in the air. Five races in 2021. Five different winners to start off the season. Truex wins. Here's Ryan Blaney making a statement today. A great run and a lot of patience this afternoon. Ryan Blaney wins the Folds of Honor QT 500. Joey Logano will be the first driver in a half century to win on dirt in NASCAR's Cup Series as he wins the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Now seven races, seven different faces in victory lane. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Steve Latar here, Dale Jarrett, Kyle Petty. All right, KP, seven races, seven winners. I, I know it's got everybody spun out, mm. but are we going to see another new winner at Martinsville? I mean, there's some big names that still haven't won. There's, that's right. And, and that, there's the point. There is, therein lies the, the, the answer probably to the question because you go there and you've got Denny, you've got Brad, you've got guys who haven't won. Yeah, we could be eight races, eight winners. Uh, with no problem. Is it going to be a new winner? I don't believe it's going to be a new name that's never won a race before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But will it be a different winner? I think it could be. I think it will be. I, did, I think certainly we're going to see eight for eight here uh, this weekend. Uh, who, where that may come from, because <laughs> when I just watched that back, and I think that I knew Christopher Bell was going to win this year, but I didn't think it was going to be on a road course. And I thought Joey Logano, I knew Joey Logano would win, but I didn't think it would be on a dirt track. That's right. I thought Christopher Bell might win on the dirt track, <laughs> where he spun out. But, uh, yeah. you know, just so many things, uh, so much competition. And I think each week brings us something new and different. And, uh, you know, there's just so many things going on right now. Should be fun to watch. Yeah. On a Saturday night. I know. Saturday night under the lights is going to be exciting. We've got a lot to talk about all day. You see it there on the screen. one 627 2276 Call in, join us, or tweet us. Let me say this. We're going to talk to Eric Jones later in the show. Harrison Burton, I think, is going to call in. Our co-worker, Lee Diffie, is going to call in, Good. get a little two-wheel update and some four-wheel <laughs> and update. drop some knowledge on us. And yeah, drop a little knowledge. So, I think, first of all, Easter weekend. Everybody have a good weekend away. No racing this weekend. Listen, I had a great weekend. 
Um, I didn't find the golden egg at the Easter egg. Hunt, but <laughs> I, didn't, I did get the chocolate bunny and, and <laughs> knocked his ears off right off the bat and ate those because that's what you got to eat first when you eat a yeah. bunny. You oh, for sure. <laughs> so uh, my Easter was good. With Overton yeah. and cotton, I had a good Easter. Yeah, I'll good Easter. Same here. Uh, Easter was great. No racing back, though, this week. You mentioned Martinsville under the lights, Xfinity cars there as well. A little bit of buzz came out of last week, though. There was a tire test up there. And NASCAR mm. put out on social media the water truck, the groove tires. Woo. Basically, NASCAR attempting a test on wet weather tires on an oval. Currently, we see them at all the road courses. But right here, this is a good teaser. I thought it was April Fool's. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> April 1st, but it wasn't April Honestly, Fool's. I just thought it was shit they had left over from uh, Bristol. Uh, <laughs> groove tires and water. Are you kidding me? Yes. So, But the, the rumor is that Kyle Larson drove this five here around in the wet. And I'm not going to say rave reviews, but positive reviews was able to make laps. So I guess, DJ, let's talk conceptually. If they can figure out a tire combination that works, would you be a fan of wet weather at the Ovals? No, I'm not. No, I, I just it's just yeah. not, it's not what uh, the stock car racing has been about for all of these years. And, uh, you know, I know that we've made a lot of changes, but this is one that I absolutely am not. Yeah, we got to think about this. And I realize we don't have anywhere close to a maximum number of fans that are attending these races yet. Hopefully that's on the rise uh, and, and we do get more people there. But why do we want to ask the fans to sit out in bad weather to, to watch these yeah. races? And and uh, I, I don't think it gives us the type of racing. Uh, that That's not a skill in, in my mind that our champion has to have uh, is to race yeah. that. And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly who this is driven by. They didn't ask my opinion, and they don't a lot. But I give my opinion, <laughs> and I don't like this idea well, I love uh, him. because I want to see their best skills. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's tough enough as it is without throwing yeah. something else there. I mean, I think that's where I'm, I'm a little torn on the balance. So I think I'm okay with the option uh, to get some races in. But, but at what point is it too much? And I say this yeah. is we already have six or seven road courses, yeah. and we know they'll run in the wet. I don't have a problem with that that's as much right. yeah. because that is a right. skill. I agree. That, that's right. That if yes. you run anything on a road course other than NASCAR, yeah. you would have run in the rain. That's so right. why not NASCAR join them? I don't know of another oval, and I could be wrong, but I can't think of another oval racing that runs in the rain. Everything yeah. runs in the dry. So I'm a little bit with DJ on this. I don't love the idea. I understand why they're trying to do it to probably keep the schedule moving yeah. along. But at some point, you know, when is enough enough? I mean, it is a 36-week schedule, but I would hate to see. Here's the problem I have with it. A long-winded way of saying, is it okay to run in the rain in Martinsville in the spring? I don't have a problem with it, but then you have to be okay with it in the fall. But I would have a problem with it in the yeah. fall because it's going to dictate the playoffs. Yeah. I guess that's where yeah. I stand. Is, and that's a great point. Conceptually, yeah. I'm all right with it. Uh, yeah. But I'm not okay within the playoffs, so I guess I have to say I'm not okay with it all the time. Yeah, I, listen, I, I go back to, and I'll go back, and I, I agree with Dale. I, I'll go back to the, the, the dirt race in a lot of ways, is we like to say that we have the most re- well-rounded group of drivers. Short tracks, intermediate tracks, super speedways, road courses. We don't have to throw dirt in to make them more well-rounded. Right. I, I just don't believe we have to. And we went to a dirt track, and we saw that you took a Daniel Suarez. You took some of these guys, and they had to learn at the cup level a brand-new skill that they never played, that they never did their, never had done their whole life. So am I asking an NHL player or an NBA player or a Major League Baseball player, all of a sudden we get to a six-game series, and you're going to have to bat a different way. You're going to have to do something a different way. You're going to have to learn a new skill set to be able to play at this level. And, and I just think to introduce a new skill, like you say, 
on a, on an oval. I just don't. And and again, we were talking about before. I don't know where they're going to run. Just putting water on the racetrack. You know, we see as the tracks dry out with that much water on it that we saw at Martinsville, we see guys come in and put on slicks because they're counting on that racetrack drying out. Water is water when it's running, when it's deep. And in the few races that I've been on a wet racetrack in a sports car, you know, John Andretti said, run offline. Don't run online because that's where the oil is. That's where the gas is. That's where the rubber has been put down. There is no offline at Martinsville unless we're going to run up next to the wall and make Martinsville look like Bristol all the way around the outside. So um, I'm not a fan of it. I don't, I don't, and, and listen, I don't care. Sorry, race fans. I don't care if, if race fans have to sit in the rain, if they have to go home and watch it <laughs> on TV. I don't care. I'm talking about strictly from the competitor right. standpoint. Yeah. That, that's, where, that's where I'm coming from. I'm not even taking them into account because I don't think it should even get to the point where the fans have have to deal with it. And then here's the other side of it. We saw what happened at, at Bristol whenever, and Goodyear, you know, does a terrific yes. job with tires and all the work that they have to do. But we got to Bristol, and we only could run 50-lap sprint. Yeah, right. Okay? We have one car running around uh, on this track where it's been watered down, and we think that we've got an answer to that. Things are so totally different when you get yeah. there on a race weekend and, and start you know in that. the competition. Oh, yeah. And so I don't want to see a great race and a great racetrack be totally mm -hmm. changed uh, because of not having How many times right? did you go there and test and go back for the race? Yeah. Uh, it's totally I'd better off you without testing. Because you couldn't put rubber on the racetrack. Yeah, no, you're right, you're rubber right. up. Now, to be fair uh, to Goodyear and to Martinsville and to NASCAR, no one has said that this is an option. No one has said this is a horizon. It's all rumor mill. But when it gets posted on social media, it does stir okay. the rumor mill up. So, so what you're saying is this is more like the humpy bumper and some of the things that used to do out at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Maybe just, just to generate temp. excitement. Checking the tent. Well, oh, I got it's you. been seven I winners in seven races a week off. Now it's 15 straight, so there's a lot to talk about. And I think we have our first caller. Carl. you're on the line, buddy. Hey, did y'all have a good Easter? Yeah, man. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. Um, I know all these drivers. They're professionals. But... Transitioning from racing on the dirt and then going to Martinsville, the surfaces back to the asphalt, for the first couple laps, will there be a different feeling that these guys might have from being on the dirt and, and going back to the asphalt? I'm yeah. saying riding a bike, but I'll leave it yeah. up to the drivers. I think yeah. it'll be business I'll, as usual. Yeah, Because it's you, Nass, Carl, I'll say the only one that should have an issue with it is, uh, is Ryan Newman. He's, he will he will struggle. He's a Ryan Newman fan. I'm that's that's five on the dirt, man. That's just a dig. Top that's five, just, yeah, I know, I know man. Yeah. And I was disappointed you didn't bring it up last week. I was so disappointed know, you didn't bring I it up, man. Up. You didn't. No, I don't. I don't think so at all, man. No. I mean, it, it, they've been running asphalt on this series. They've been running asphalt for the last fifty years. Okay, we know it for fifty years, and you throw in one dirt. No. Yeah. Um, they're just going to go back to, to doing what? And plus, they get in the simulators. Yeah. You know, they're all, yeah. even the yeah. veterans are doing that, no matter how many times you've been there. So you separate that. And there is not a year that the drivers have to really prepare themselves and concentrate more on where they are going next. Because yeah. this schedule, you talked about, got 15 weeks coming. If you look yeah. down those, 50, I mean, the first. Seven have been crazy already uh, <laughs> with the different places that right. we're going. Yeah. Uh, and talking to a few drivers, it has been a little confusing to them because as a driver, you want to get in a rhythm. So yeah. that's the only yeah. thing is getting back into that rhythm uh, of uh, you know racing on uh, 
concrete here yeah. and getting back in the short track and getting back into that rhythm takes a little time. Yeah. Even the crew chiefs, you kind of get into a rhythm with your notebooks, whether it's the same tire combination a few weeks yeah. in a row, the yeah. Same, yeah. You know, yeah. type of racetracks. Good point. That's been completely gone this year, and it doesn't get any better. We go Martinsville. Uh, then we go Richmond, another short track, and then go to the biggest track. We go to Talladega, <laughs> to the high bank, to the second plate race of the year. So I just think, you know, we talk about seven winners in seven weeks. The bigger question I have isn't the winners. I look at some guys, when you look at the points, there are some guys that need something mm-hmm. to happen because it's easy to say you didn't get a good start. Well, who used the off weekend the best? We yeah. continue to talk about Stuart Haas racing. Um, Ronnie Childers talked about how they lost some downforce. We can go through all the details. The simple fact is none of that matters. What they yeah. really lost is points. And they right. lost seven weeks worth of points. Kevin Harvick currently is looking like he's going to be playoff contending uh, caliber driver, which we yeah. would assume. I still expect him to win a race. Yeah. But the other three are nowhere to be seen. I think yeah. that's an issue that they have there uh, of, of getting, you know, getting all of their drivers competitive. But they've got such a young group behind Kevin Harvick there. I mean, I know Eric Almirola has been around a while, but you can't look at him and say he's a veteran of the sport of, of running up front uh, yeah. that much. He's had some really good years, and I, I'd like to see him get back to that. But he struggled too. But then you take the other two that, that just don't have a lot of experience and and. What are they able to add uh, to make this a, a better yeah. organization as a whole? Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think when you look at when when you've looked at organizations in the past, and, and when you look at a a a Joy Logano and a, a Brad Kay pushing each other, asking each other right. questions, and then you throw Ryan Blaney in. When you looked at the Hendrick organization with Jeff and with Jimmy and with Junior, uh, and with some of the groups that they and the drivers they have, my gosh. How, do you, how are you going to beat that juggernaut? Yeah. You know what I mean? When they sat down and they put those brains together. Um, and then I look at Stuart Haas and I'm like, okay, there's Kevin Harvick. That's what you got, man. And, and I'm sorry, I don't, that's not a knock against no. Cole Custer. He's just young. That's not a knock against Chase Briscoe. He's just young. He doesn't have that experience and that knowledge to reach over his shoulder and say, well, I remember we did this, or let's try this, or let's do that. And as you say, Eric's just, Eric has plateaued. Um, and, and, and I'm pulling for Eric because I, I think he's one of the nicest guys in the garage area, but he's just kind of plateaued. What is he adding to this right. deal? So when you look at Kevin, um, he and Rodney are carrying the weight of that place in a lot of ways. So that, that's a struggle. Did they get their breath? Did they catch a breath this week? And that's the question. Yeah. Did they say, okay, we ran these seven. This is what happened. Right. Let's catch our breath. Let's lay this out. It might not happen at Martinsville. It might not happen at, at, at Richmond. And after we get past the, the plate race or the, the restrictor race, the speedway race, after we get past that, do we fall into that rhythm? Do we know, did we learn something here? So that's going to be the, the thing for me. But there's other guys too. There's, you know, Kurt Busch. Um, you look at him and look at, at, at where he's at, what he's got to do. Um, I mean, there's so many guys that, I've, I've look, that we look at this year that just haven't fallen into a rhythm, that haven't been there week in and week out. You know, Truex has been. Kyle Larson has been. Yeah. Um, where's Chase been? You know, Chase, Chase Elliott, where's his consistency? Did they find something? Um, and, and I think Alex Bowman, some of those guys. There's a lot of teams out there that there's one or two guys that are performing above the, that cut line right. where they need to be. And a couple of guys, are these two guys bringing the other ones down? How's it working? So, I, I mean... Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they come back. 
Well, I think you mentioned the, the chaos of the schedule. So much of it was consumed by the dirt race at Bristol because it was so different. Yeah. But that's now behind us. So we have a bunch of new venues this year. We have Nashville. We have Road America. We have oh, a yeah. bunch of road courses. We're going down to Coda, down in Austin, Texas. So there's a lot to do. And to your point, the schedule's one thing, but now it's names and teams. The points yeah. are starting to kind of clear yeah. themselves up. So we're going to see what they all have to do. And we're going to talk to one of the names uh, here after the break. I think Eric Jones is going to join us on the line. We're going to talk about his top 10 run for Bristol and his thought moving forward for the rest of the season. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, back to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. And as promised, enough of our opinions about the schedule and the season. We're going to bring in a professional who's been doing it himself. Eric, man, first of all, thanks for uh, calling in. Joining us, let's go back, uh, I guess, a week and a half now after the off weekend. Best run of the year, top 10 at the Bristol Dirt. How was it from the seat? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was enjoyable. It was uh, a little different, a little unique, not really something I've uh, done much of. You know, the only dirt racing I've really done in my career has been in, in a truck series and then um, coming back and doing this was fun. So I enjoyed it. You know, like, obviously a great run for us. It Honestly, as the race went and the track got slicker and slicker as we went it, it really drove a lot like bristol a lot of the stuff that i do on the normal bristol racetrack uh, i started to do even with dirt on it and it was uh, it was working for us well you get the a plus sponsor plug of the week because yes. i saw the bright white <laughs> tide fire suit look brand new holding so, it up I mean, that was it up, impressive yeah. that gets was the nice. dirt out Tide gets the dirt out man that's right that's right it did a good job they uh uh, it, it, I actually, there's a lot of people I saw, they were saying that we sent it to the dry cleaner or something, but I, I really just throw my suits in the washing machine. <laughs> it came out like that. So uh, it, it worked out pretty good. And when you talk about that and your expectations before you went there for that race, did you have any idea that you might end up driving it more uh, like the, the concrete surface uh, than, than on a dirt track where you're really, you know, hanging it out and, uh kicking up rooster tails and things like that, which looks cool, but it wasn't a fast way around. Yeah, I, I, I had maybe some inclination that it was going to be like that. I was actually talking with uh, uh, my girlfriend's a dirt racer and grew up doing that and kind of asking her what it was going to be like. And she had a feeling it was probably going to get pretty hard packed and slick and, and really rubbered up. And uh, I just kind of asked some questions about how to approach it if it did happen. And, and she basically said to drive it like a pavement car at that point. So, <laughs> Uh, once I started seeing it really get dark and, and rubbered up, 
I just tried to keep the car underneath me and keep it really straight and, and pointed. And obviously, tire management was pretty big as well. Uh, we saw the tire issues through the weekend and, and kind of how big of a deal that was. So keeping it straight uh, really helped with that, too. Hey, listen, uh, obviously, you, I, I will say this first and then I'll go on. You had a built-in excuse. Your owner hated this idea. Um, so I, 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 will, I will say that. So he wasn't expecting a lot from the race or from anything else. But here's my, here's my question, and Dale brought up expectations. When you come to Richard Petty Motorsports uh, and come from the organizations and the places you've come from, what are your expectations that, and, and what do you think this 43 team is capable of moving forward as we go through this year? Well, obviously the, the expectations change, right? But I think for us, any day we run in inside the top uh, 15 is a, is a good day, and then a top 10 is, is a great day for us. So having two of those so far has been really good and, and really rewarding. Um, you know, I feel like everywhere we've been pretty decent. We struggle a little bit at Homestead uh, in Atlanta. Uh, so I think we've learned from that and kind of what we need to do going forward. But overall, um, for me, you know, the top 10s are great days for us and, and finishing towards, you know, in the top 20 in points, which... We're finally climbing back up there from Daytona. Uh, I don't think we earned any points really at Daytona, so it was kind of a, a big hole to get out of here in the last few weeks. But it's been nice to get up towards the top 20. And uh, obviously the playoffs would be a, an amazing year for us. Uh, with all the winners, it's getting uh, tougher and tougher, it looks like, to point your way towards there. So, uh, you know, we have to take advantage of the tracks where, you know, we, we can go and steal a win on, on the super speedways uh, and stuff like that. So, Eric, I, I want to talk about some of that transition, I, I want you to explain to the fans and probably a little bit to me um, because I've only grown up in the NASCAR with testing and with practice and with all this track time. So anytime I had a new driver, there was a plan to kind of work on that relationship. You switch not only companies, manufacturers, a new crew chief to you with Jerry Baxter, and yet the only two tracks you've had practice is the high back to Daytona, which is basically useless for the season, and the dirt at Bristol, which also basically useless for the year. So, so in specifics, like what do you do? Is it time in the sim? Is it time just in meetings, watching old races? Help the fans understand how you try to shorten this transition. Yeah, I, I think the simulators become a lot more important, and it's not something that uh, I did a, a ton of in, in the past. I've always done the road courses and stuff like that where I feel like the sim is really valuable going into it. But I've never really done much of the oval racing on there and, and really try to work on my car. So uh, my sim time has been ramped up a lot, which has helped us you know, work on our cars. And then just an open line of communication, you know, just nonstop trying to talk with uh, Jerry to get to know him better, number one. Uh, but also to work on what we need our race car to do and, and kind of how I communicate and, and what I'm looking for when I ask for certain things. And when you don't have practice and you're kind of on the fly in the race and trying to explain what you need in the race car, it's a little bit more challenging. So um, obviously week to week, it continues to get better. You know, I think after we go back and, and debrief and talk about it, uh, we learn each other a little bit better every time. But uh, I've enjoyed it. I think Jerry and I, get along really well and have good chemistry and and you know like i said every race it's getting a little bit smoother um as far as what you know rpm knows what what i need out of the race car eric I i'm not trying to get you in trouble with nascar with this <laughs> question, <laughs> oh now but, i'm interested yeah. oh, oh man but a lot of people pointed out and, and i noticed it myself you know, at, in the dirt race where you did really well again uh, but these cars are slipping and sliding around. There's no traction to be had. You talked about uh, the adjustments that you had to make. So now we go to places we th that where they're putting traction compound down. Are we doing the wrong things uh, at, at these racetracks uh, in that respect to see better racing and, and other drivers up front? Well, 
I think you've seen the last few years the racetrack they take it into their own hands to maybe in, improve the product, right? And uh, myself, I've never been a, a huge fan of the PJ1. It usually seems to become overly powerful and dominant, especially a race like Phoenix we saw a couple of weeks back. You know, everybody was running in the PJ1, and that takes really the, the point of it away. It's supposed to be an option, and, and you're not supposed to be running in it every lap, and it, and it makes it really challenging to race. So um, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I think some places it works well. I think we've seen it at Bristol here the last few years, and it's worked pretty well to get the bottom to come in. But the top's there as well. You know, it works as an option there. So um, obviously I don't run that part of the show. I can only give my opinion. And, and for me, I, I've just never been a fan. You know, you have to let, let the racetrack naturally do what it does. Uh, and I think we've just seen a lot of the places where the PJ1 is down. It becomes really dominant. That becomes the only line that, that everybody's running in. Okay. We, we were talking golf before we came on here, and these two guys are – they were talking Masters. I'm more of a croquet player myself, so um, let, let me go ahead and say that. But, but my question is, we were talking about the rhythm of the season, and we've had seven races, seven winners, seven different – the racetracks that we've run. Now we're getting ready to go into short tracks and speedways and road courses – how hard is it for 15 weeks to run um, and to fall into that rhythm? How, how hard is it going to be to fall into a rhythm? Because there doesn't seem to be a rhythm to the way this season is laid out. No, there's, there's really not. And, and um, it's, it's interesting to me. I was, I was talking the other day with somebody and, and saying, you know, NASCAR, they, uh, they ask a lot out of us, right? You know, we're supposed to be dirt racers, road course racers, super speedway racers, short track racers. Uh, we're supposed to do it all, which is a lot. But, you know, I, I think it's fun and it's interesting to kind of do a little bit of everything. But uh, it, it does seem hard to get in a rhythm. And, it, and it's stranger without practice. You know, when you're not at the racetrack from Thursday to Sunday, uh, sometimes it's a little bit tougher to get locked in when you're there. You know, when you go and show up on Sunday morning or Saturday night and you're sitting there trying to get things going, it's just a little bit different feeling. So it is hard to get in that rhythm. And uh, for me, though, the, the first seven races – flowing by i feel like we just started the season and we're already seven in so um i don't know i i feel like i was in a, a good rhythm before the, the off week here and now i'm, I'm kind of thrown back off you know i had a week where there wasn't much going on and and uh and now we got to go hammered again here saturday night at martinsville so it's tough you know i think the practice though is, is a big part of that as well not having that during the weekend has made it a little bit tougher to show up and, and do your deal all right, so enough about racing, Eric. You mentioned the off week. Get the fans to get to know you a little bit better. What do you do when you're not in a race car? How was Easter for you? Uh, you watching basketball? You watching other sports? You keep to yourself? What, what's the off weekend look like for Eric? Yeah, I really just been around the house here uh, doing some stuff. Had uh, some family over for Easter and got to do that. So um, unique for me. I'm usually back in Michigan this time of year, but I was down in North Carolina for this one. So uh, stayed here, hung out, <clears throat> did some work around the house, mowed my lawn. It was a uh, pretty mundane weekend. But, yeah, I've been watching basketball. <laughs> I'm a Michigan fan, so that was pretty uh, pretty hard to take the other night over UCLA. I really thought that was going to be kind of an easy game for us. Uh, the Tigers won opening day, which was awesome, and then they got blown out. So, it's uh, you know, everything's kind of going back to normal, it seems like. Oh, yeah. man. Well, man, good luck at Martinsville, yes. uh, one of my favorite tracks. Uh, maybe you go up there and get your third cup win. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. We're under the lights. I, I, I don't yeah. really know what to expect under the lights. I know yeah. you've got some laps under the lights. This whole race should be in the dark, though. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, should be a good one. I'm excited looking forward to it. But uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank, thank you, man. Luck. Thank you, man. Two wins. Two wins in his career. Yeah. I mean, I really believe he's done a nice job at the 43. I didn't know yes. how much of a yeah. transition. Because, look, I love – 
your dad, love RPM, yeah. love what the 43 does. But we all know he came from a Goliath, Gibbs. Yes. Right? Gibbs, Hendrick, Penske. We know the ones that have all the resources. That's right. As a driver, it has to be a little bit of a shock to go from, you know, the big <laughs> – I've been in the building – the big – Toyota spread of Joe Gibbs racing over in Huntersville and then cruise up to, to welcome and roll <laughs> into right. the 43. And, and I think it, it's got to be a shock to see what you have, what you don't have, yeah. and you have to adjust not just your expectations, perhaps your approach a little bit. Yeah, but, but I think he's done a great job of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the one thing, if, if I talk to my dad, the one thing that, that he feels like that Eric has done is he's become a team member. He's become part yeah. of the team. Okay, yeah. He's not the driver. Mm-hmm. He's part of the 43 team, and that's why they've clicked a little bit quicker. You know, and it's the same thing. You know how it is. If a driver just shows up and gets in your car, he's just your driver. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When he gets up and he comes out and he has pizza and maybe a beer or two and you play a couple of rounds of golf, then he's your friend. You know what I mean? And then you begin to speak the same language. And I think they feel that way about Eric. Um, and, and I think my dad has looked at it and said, and, and he said it perfect right there. You know, top 15, that's a good day. Top 10, that's a great day. So they know where they are. They're not knocking on that door for a win week in and week out. And you've got to take that. That's a tough pill for a driver to swallow. You've got to take that and put it back in your head. Uh, We all can't be Starbucks. Sorry. We're not not all going to sell 10 million million cups of coffee a day. But we can still make a pretty good living and be successful where we're at. And I think Eric is on that track to position himself again. Yeah, tremendously talented. Yeah. I mean, he is so talented. And, uh, you know, I think this, um, you know, sometimes you have to, and I'm not saying that this is a step back, but just no, as it, we were pointing out, as far as competition level, that, that it makes you realize and, and understand where you were, and, but where you need to, to get back to. Some things that you might have to change within yourself and, and within your approach. And uh, he doesn't need to change his driving style yeah. because uh, he does have the talent yeah. to win. He's proven that uh, at this level, uh, but he's going to have to work his way back. And I think this is a good marriage uh, between Richard Petty Motorsports and, and Eric Jones. I think there's a lot to be gained here. Yeah. Is it fair to say, I want to make sure I choose my words wisely here, I almost feel like the driver has an opportunity to be more involved at a smaller team. Oh, and what I mean sure. by that for is, sure. is for I'm sure. not taking anything away from sure. Kyle Busch or Denny no, no. Hamlin or Chase sure. Elliott. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they do what is asked of them. But in the end, Chase gets in and he drives the nine that's put underneath them. Where I believe when you look at RPM, yeah. They're going to look at Eric nope. Jones and probably not just ask more of him, but include him more in the yeah. decision. Okay, so I'm, I'll, I'll exaggerate the numbers. When you're one of 600, your voice is that big. When you're one of 40, you've got a lot bigger voice. Yeah. You know, and, and people listen. And that's the deal. When you come to this team. And, and you know, it, it is it, these race teams in a lot of ways, and we used to talk about teams, and these st- race teams still operate, even the smaller teams, with a ton of money. It's almost like professional sports where you have big market teams and small market teams. Mm-hmm. They're still teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and Richard Petty Motorsports is just a small market team. And, and that's just the yeah. way it is. They're not L.A. They're not New York. You know what I mean? They're, that's Gibbs. That's Hendrick. They, you got to look at it that way. So uh, I think his voice is, carries a lot more weight. Um, and I think as a driver, and you know this, I believe, when you, when you feel like you're being listened to, your confidence level goes up. Yeah. Your confidence yeah. level. Because – you can make a suggestion, and I'll go out and run it, and I'm not going to like it. But I'll make a suggestion. I'm going to make that thing work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be wrong. You know what I mean? But my point is yeah. you just have skin in the game, and I think that's what Eric has at the 43 team.
When we mention confidence, it's not just the cup weekend in Martinsville. It's a doubleheader with Xfinity and Cup. So we're going to talk to the winner from the last Xfinity race at Martinsville. We're going to talk to Harrison Burton after the break. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with a 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The youngest winner at Martinsville ever, Harrison Burton, breaks his father's record of the youngest winner. His second win in a row, fourth career win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Well, there you have it. We're joined now by that person you just saw, by the winner of the last time the Xfinity win, Harrison. Harrison, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Second of all, it's got to be always fun to see some highlights when it ends up your way at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to look back and see those memories, right? Uh, a lot of times it happens so fast and you can never really take it all in and enjoy it. So uh, whenever I get to go on shows like this and enjoy some, uh, some, some memories like that, then I, I can take advantage of that as much as possible. Hey, talk to us about uh, the, the year that you had last year and then you have some changes that take place before you get started this year. Uh, and then I'm sure that things haven't gone exactly like you wanted. How are you handling that uh, and your expectations for uh, obviously coming into a place that you went, you have won? Uh, yeah, that's obviously challenging. I feel like, uh, you know, this year has been a lot of ups and downs so far. We've had great runs, great, great Supras that have been really fast. We just haven't really executed on those. Um, you know, I think Atlanta was our closest that we've gotten to be in there. Um, obviously, we had a shot to win in Daytona as well. So, um, you know, it's just it's just tough. It's part of the sport. We're going through the ups and downs and find a way to come through and and uh, win races when they matter the most. So, um, at the end of the day, I've got nothing but confidence. You know, for the rest of the year, I think we're the same, uh, if not better, than we were when we were winning those races. We just need to find a way to get better and, and try and execute. So. Um, as far as going to Martinsville goes, I couldn't be happier. I love that racetrack. Obviously, getting a win there is cool, and uh, and trying to get another one is is awesome. Although the the clocks are pretty uh, they're pretty big, so I'm running out of room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I want to go back to Martinsville because obviously um, the Burton family from Virginia, and I, I know the only race bigger that you could have won in in the state of Virginia would be South Boston, as far as <laughs> as, as the Burton family goes. Um, but going back there, um, it, was there pressure the first time there? I mean, because, I mean, that was, that's your home state, man. I mean, that's your dad's home state. That's his family. That was, that was 
racing, NASCAR racing in Virginia. So was that a big deal? It was a huge deal. Um, I remember my first truck race was at Martinsville. And uh, I was so scared, not only because it was my first truck race, not only because, you know, all the, all the things that go on with me and a rookie and, and learning in the truck series, uh, it was Martinsville and my whole family was there and I wanted to make them proud of me and wanted to do well by them. And uh, every time I go back there, it's really special, especially now after winning, um, it's pretty neat to, to share those memories. And, and I actually did get to win at South Boston as well in the K&N East, now the ARCA East series. Um, you know, I got to win there as a kid. And, and so I'm kind of wiping out the Virginia tracks. I think I've got a few more to go to, uh, to catch my dad, obviously. But, um, you know, I think that would be pretty neat. So as a crew chief, I, uh, Martinsville is my favorite track. And I really think it's because uh, we talk about the size of the companies and all the money that's in this and horsepower and aerodynamics. And that was the one track that I felt like I got to go as a crew chief and it wasn't about horsepower or aerodynamics. It was about old-school racing, short track racing, calling a good race, uh, setting up a good chassis for a driver to drive. The question I have is for you as a driver. You found success on some of the bigger tracks. Then you win at Martinsville. I know you sit in great stuff, right? The Joe Gibbs cars are outstanding. But is it something special for a driver to go back to a short track, a place where I believe the driver has the most to do with it? Absolutely. Um, there's always a lot of pride in, in winning short track races uh, as a driver, right? When you go to a place that that is a lot of chances to make a mistake, there's a lot of chances to get bumped out of the way and whatnot, and you come out at the winner, uh, it's a good feeling, obviously. So um, as a driver, you take pride in, in winning anywhere. Um, you know, I look at all the places I've won at. I'm so proud to win there. I'm so proud to, to have my names uh, my name next to some of the other names that have won races in this this series and in this sport. Um, but gosh, when you win at a short track, there's something special about that for sure because of how challenging it is as a driver and, and how many things can really go wrong in a hurry. I mean, if you watch the races, you'll see guys dominate and all of a sudden they get moved out of the way on the last lap and finish second or wreck or whatever it may be. And um, navigating that and winning and is uh, is really special. Okay, along that line, so a two-part question here uh, just showed that you're eligible for the Dash for Cash bonus. Uh, might that bump? Uh, that you need to make be a little bit harder uh, this Friday night. And the second thing, did we interrupt your workout? Are you at the gym, man? Yeah, well, I, I am at the gym. I finished my workout. Um, I told – I was coach always calls me, and I swear he always calls me when I'm here. Um, and I always tell him I'm here, and he thinks I'm lying to him. He thinks I'm like a football player <laughs> trying to lie, trying to tell him that I'm working out all the time. And uh, so I had to be doing the interview. I'm in the gym. Um, so I had to do the interview here to prove it to them. And then as far as the other question, uh, I don't know. The fans at home can answer that, right? You know, if there's $100,000, but also to just win a race in general, and all you got to do is uh, bump one of your buddies or, or whoever out of the way, uh, yeah, it's pretty hard not to do, right? <laughs> yeah, that is that, that would be tough. Uh, so I got a two-part question here. First, um, what's it like to have the most facial hair in the Burton family? Um, because that you're, you're sporting more than I've ever seen Jeff have. But seriously, not, not, seriously, seriously, what do you think about the possibility of someday racing with wet weather tires at Martinsville? We're, we're talking to a race winner here. So tell me what you would think about running uh, in the rain at Martinsville. So I'm not the right guy to talk to that about because I have no idea what that would be like. Um, run road courses in the rain and I've had moderate success. I've uh, spun out, made mistakes and 
I'm always very thankful that there's no walls around me when I spin out. I just go into the grass and whatnot. Um, so it would be a challenge, but hey, if it makes the race cars go around the racetrack when they need to be and fans can enjoy it and watch it, then uh, I guess we need to find a way to do that. So um, I'd be interested to see uh, what the guys that were there thought about it. Uh, right now, I mean, he looks like he's just running a normal lap, right? It's not, not all that crazy. So um, maybe there's a future in that. Hopefully it just stays dry all the time. We don't have to worry about it. Uh, but hey, if it gets race cars going on the racetrack and fans in the seats enjoying it, then I'm, I'm all for it. There's going to be some guys in the race this weekend that are thinking they're on a wet race <laughs> yes, track. Yes, there are. Who think the track is wet the whole time. Uh, so, hey, look, we talked a lot about the Bristol dirt. The Xfinity didn't get to go. You've had a couple weeks off. Uh, what does a young race car driver do with his time when he's not at the racetrack? Uh, wait to go back to the racetrack. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've not done much. I've got to sit back and enjoy time with family, um, you know, enjoy Easter with family. And, and that's really important. You get kind of wrapped up in racing and it seems like that's the only thing that matters in the world. And, uh, you know, obviously family comes first over all that. So, um, yeah, I think that was really special to me to be able to kind of back up for a couple weeks and, um, enjoy time with my family and enjoy, you know, spending time with them. You know, as, as hard as it is nowadays to see your family, uh, any opportunity you get is, uh, is a really important one. So, um, that was the main thing I did. I know that's kind of a boring answer. I didn't have all that many stories, but, uh, that was it for my off weekends. I like boring. That's Boring's good. totally that's good, fine. Man. Harrison, man, listen, yeah, appreciate thank you. you calling in, uh, giving us your thoughts on Martinsville and the season so far. We can't wait to see you up there under the lights as well. It's a full weekend of racing. You got Xfinity and cup from Martinsville. Good luck, man. If you get a second clock, Tell your dad he's going to have to move some of them older trophies out of the way. <laughs> Start to put the clocks up. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my apartment now, and my dad, my clock is still at my dad's house, so he's, he's got to make room somehow, I guess, right? <laughs> For sure. For there sure. you go. Thanks, Love thanks, you, man. man. Thank you. Yep, thank you, guys. So, yeah, I loved your question. We asked him, you know, great year last year. I mean, great. Yeah. Four wins. Everything was going right. Um, but I think, for me, it's as important when a young race car driver struggles. Because first you got to learn they can win. Okay, yeah. he's proven he can win. But now can he not win? And I know that sounds silly, but when yeah. you drive Gibbs yeah. equipment no. and you're not winning yeah. and he has not had the best season and he's had a little change, lost his crew chief, how does a young race car driver kind of handle all of that? I can learn as much as I can on the racetrack. Yeah, it, it's a, a huge learning curve, especially someone that young. You know, I, I mean, gosh, I, I think back to – being that age, what, what would I have done in that type of situation? Wasn't in a situation like that, you know, but here he is yeah. winning races, and then all of a sudden everything is changing around you, you know. You'd like to think, I'm sure that he was thinking that, hey, we'll get through this. We had a great season, won races, performed really well, and then all of a sudden I'm talking to someone different that, that maybe looks at things yeah. a little bit different. And so it does change that mindset. But uh, Harrison has a good head on his shoulder. He comes from a great family yes. uh, uh, that, that has – gone through so many things, and no. I think that he'll handle it perfect. He, it's not that he, as he pointed out, they've run well. Yeah. It's just that those things that fell into place mm -hmm. last year haven't done that yet yeah. this year, but they will. Well, yeah. I'm not going to let us be the motor around. So here we have a caller. So I'll oh, no way. Harrison one, but go ahead. You're on with Kyle DJ. Hey, guys. Um, with all the races coming up about 15 in a row, a, a question for Steve, but also the other guys. How far ahead do you look as a crew chief? So if you've got hmm. 15 coming up and they're all different tracks, like how many cars are you preparing? 
how far ahead are you looking? Are you working five races ahead, six, whatever? Yeah, that's a great question. So the toughest part for me as a crew chief was just that. It's, yeah. it's you have to work on this week's car, and then there's a group in your shop preparing next week's car, yeah. and then the three- or four-week-out car might be down at the chassis shop being worked on or getting the sheet metal put on it. So you're at least probably four cars out. You know, you have four cars on your desk, yeah. right? You know, you need a final setup, a rough setup, yeah. a wind tunnel plan, perhaps, if you're going to maybe prepare for Talladega or some other places. So that was the toughest part. I will say, from all the crew chiefs I talked to, no practice has really changed their approach because it's gained them a whole day in the in the shop. Yeah. Uh, you know, because now they used to yeah. leave on Thursday. Now they don't leave till Saturday. Yeah. And this sounds silly, but while there's more anxiety about getting it right because you don't get any practice, you also don't get any practice to try stuff. So yeah. you also don't need a whole notebook of ideas. Well, if yeah. this doesn't work, we'll try this. Guess what? If this doesn't work, you're going to live with it for 500 yeah, miles right. or 500 laps. Great so uh, I think it's a little bit different pressure. I mean, from the drivers, though, do you kind of stay in the week, the week that you're competing? Yeah, listen, I think, that, I think so. Yeah, I, listen, you, you know, if, if I was, obviously you got Easter, so you're off. But you're already thinking about Martinsville because that's your next race. And at 1230 or at 12.01 uh, Sunday night, you start thinking about Richmond. And then at 12.01, yeah, right. you start thinking about Talladega. You, you, can't, you can't get ahead of yourself yeah. um, because you can't leave anything. You can't leave a race or take a race for granted. Um, you know, we heard Eric say, talking about Michigan playing basketball, you know, I thought that would be an easy game. There are no easy races. You know what I mean? There are no easy yeah. races. There's no NCAA, you know, tournament wins or games that are easy. There are no easy races. That's just the way it is. Yeah, when you look at the upcoming schedule, you mentioned it, right? Oh. So, it's a big variety of tracks. The ones in yellow are new. Circuit of Americas, we have yet to see any stock cars on. That's Coda down in um, down in Austin. Nashville, DJ, you and I went out to Nashville, saw some yeah. tire testing there. Road of America, we've seen Xfinity, never the cup cars. And then Indianapolis, much the same. We've seen Xfinity, that's the road course now. Indianapolis yeah. road course, we'll see the cup cars. Um, so three road courses and, and the oval at Nashville. It, it is so... So different. I mean, Crazy. even the road courses are so different, that, you know, uh, with, with the way that you drive and the way that you prepare for those. I mean, yeah, your your skill set uh, is kind of the same as to what you do, uh, but the venues are so totally different. And you're going to a couple here this year uh, that these uh, a number of these cup drivers have never been to. Uh, and, well, everybody hasn't been uh, yeah. to, to uh, the one in Texas. So, yeah, uh, you know, things are going to change. They're going to be different. I just don't, you know, trying to put – the rate, the previous race behind you, uh, long enough to get ready for the next race is so difficult because it's so totally different than, than what you're doing. So, and not having practice or anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I've always been amazed at the the skill level of these drivers, but uh, even more so the last year and a half. And, and this is going to put them to a real test. And I think it just it's opening up the, to the fact that we're going to have more winners maybe than we've ever seen. Hey, we talk about variety. After the break, we're going to talk to our co-worker who does a lot of variety, the voice yes. of MotoGP, Supercross, IndyCar, IMSA. Finally, wheels, we're bringing somebody intelligent on the talk racing. <laughs> Lee Diffie. <laughs> talk some sense after the break. It's the Tissot Grand Prix of Doha, Chapter 2, Round 2. 
We're underway. There's Mir. Oh, he's gone pretty hot oh, there. He's, he's taken oh. Butteraro with him. And the two Ducati sweep on through. Oh, Rince. How has he stayed down. on? The front was gone. Oh, touching. Touch, yeah. Chuck Miller nudging him wide as well. Well, Mir knew it was a bit cheeky. That's why he sticks his leg up here to say, yeah, sorry, mate. Oh, oh, forgotten. Oh. Miller and Mir. Hand up from Jack Miller. This man here, Fabio Quattroworth, looks like the danger man. The problem he's got is he's got three Ducatis up ahead of him. Oh, here we go. Fabio Quattroworth, lovely. Yeah. That's one Ducati gone. Comes Quattroworth. Oh, yeah. Le Bleu on Le Bleu. And he's now started to quickly reel in Jorge Martin. Through goes Fabio Quattroworth. And for the first time in this race, Jorge Martin yeah. relinquishes the lead. A stunner from Fabio Quattroworth to win. There's going to be an awful lot to come from this, Juan Mir and Jack Miller. This will mean so much to Fabio. Such an amazing moment for me. I will uh, enjoy that moment with, uh, with a nice McDonald's tonight. First ever Premier Class 1-2 for France in MotoGP. The closest ever top 15 in the Premier Class history, and I am not surprised. Some two-wheel action from a week ago, and some two-wheel action coming up this week from down in Atlanta, and the man who'll be calling the action, Lee Diffie, joins us. Lee, man, thanks for calling in, buddy. Hey, fellas. Lovely to see you and hear you. So I can't believe this. You're telling me when you head to Atlanta for Supercross this week, this will be the first trip to the Atlanta Motor Speedway for the world-famous Lee Diffie in all of your motorsport <laughs> travels? Do you, know, do you know what makes it even worse, Stevie? I used to live in Atlanta. My oh, kids were born uh, in Atlanta. Oh, that does make go. it. That does make it worse. But outdoor, tell us about that. So we see a lot of different venues. You and I talked earlier today about these outdoor venues. We've seen it at Daytona. We've seen it in some stadiums. This will be at Atlanta Motor Speedway, much like Daytona, kind of in the trial. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another, it's, it's actually going to be the first time uh, that Atlanta Motor Speedway has hosted Monster Energy Supercross. Um, nothing new. Nothing new to be at a venue like that. Of course, Daytona wasn't that long ago. But from the initial pictures uh, and images of the track, it's going to be very big. It's going to be bigger than the, the Daytona track. So I'm really excited to get there and, and see what it provides. Um, it's been a blend. I mean, typically the season kicks off at Anaheim Stadium, at Angel Stadium, uh, which is an outdoor stadium, of course. But uh, with COVID uh, restrictions, there has been no racing in California. So the outdoor stadiums issue have been Daytona, have been a, a doubleheader residency in Orlando. So... I think for the riders, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a shake-up as far as them not doing as many indoor stadiums as they used to. Because with this three-race residency at Atlanta Motor Speedway, is then followed by a two-race residency in the finale in Salt Lake City. So there have been lots of outdoor venues this year. Well, it sounds like we actually have a caller who's called in for you. I mean, nobody's calling in for us, Lee, but you got a caller <laughs> who's called in for you. I think they have a Supercross questions. Go ahead. Hey, Lee, how you doing? Go ahead with your question. Hey, Lee, how are you how guys doing today? Good, thank you. Good. Hey, so, Lee, are you surprised at how much Cooper Webb's opened up this championship, considering it's, it seems like he's the one guy who can ride a full race for 20 minutes, and Roxon and Tomac can hang with him for 15, but in that final five, Cooper Webb just kind of pulls away. Are you surprised about that? And is there any reason to believe over these final five races that Roxton can make a run at it? Well, I hope I hope for, for you and for me and for us and for all the fans watching that Roxton does make a run at it because if you take the run of form that Cooper Webb has shown, he is not going to stop doing what he's doing. You know, clean sweep in Orlando, clean sweep in Arlington. Um, 
And look, Ricky Carmichael, the GOAT, uh, and I talk about this all the time, and Ricky uh, analyzes the attributes of Cooper Webb, already, already a 450 class champion, right? So he's got nothing else to prove. But to come back from that back injury that he had last year and told us that he had to learn a lot about his body and do different things to ensure that he would be healthy and strong for this season, I think, A, that one thing mentally uh, had strengthened him even further where he already was starting from a very strong base uh, psychologically, right? But Ricky watches him and analyzes him very, very closely as a fellow champion. And, and Ricky is immensely impressed by this guy, as we all are, because he may not go out and win every heat, may not be the fastest qualifier. That's typically uh, not his style. But when it comes time for the main event, he just continually produces. And his, his low rate of unforced errors is incredible. So you don't see him make too many uh, silly, in air quote, mistakes or override or over push it he's very very methodical and very measured and just has that speed and that mental determination i mean look in look in houston the way that he ran uh rocks and down yes there was a lap rider involved in dean wilson but just the way that to your point that he can ride that full 20 and he's as strong on the first lap as he is on the last lap and, and vice versa so um i don't see a massive change in this trend but who knows fingers crossed let's hope so yeah, one thing we know about racing is there's no guarantees. Yeah. So the man wears many hats. We're talking a lot about the two wheels, Supercross from Atlanta this weekend. It's on NBC on Saturday. But you and I also talked four wheels uh, the month of May, just around the corner. Uh, we got the Indy Grand Prix, Indy qualifying, the Indy 500. Uh, but practice, well, testing, I guess, starts this week. Uh, DJ, you and I went up there. Breathtaking. Like, I've seen a lot of cars go around Indy. Nothing. Yeah. Like those Indy cars. I didn't yeah. think that was possible, yeah. the speed they carry around the, the, yeah. that racetrack. Yeah, it's just amazing to do. Lee, you do so many different forms uh, of motorsports and all sports, but in particular motorsports. Is there a common uh, ground that you see and theme that you see from the, the guys that seem to be able to get it done more? Or uh, is there something uh, with these riders that you're, that you're doing this weekend that they have something that's a little different than, than other forms of motorsports? That's a, that's a really good point, DJ, and a good, a good question. I see a lot of similarities between we were just talking about Cooper Webb and Scott Dixon. Very understated, not, not a massive extrovert or self-promoter. He'd rather just get it done on the racing surface. And, and so I do see some parallels there and, and those guys who um, can continually produce, like Scott Dixon, who at the age of 40 is a six-time IndyCar Series champion, trying to equal AJ Foyt for an all-time top seven championships. So, um, yeah, I do see a lot of sim similarities and crossovers. Uh, this week, fellas, is going to be fantastic. We've got a lot of the NTT IndyCar Series uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway testing. Two days of it, seven hours on the first day, six hours on the second day. So you're going to see lots of action. Um, cross your fingers that the weather comes our way a little bit better, please, because there's some rain predicted. So we, we want to see cars on track. We don't, don't just want to be... Uh, a filling, and you know what that's like, right? With a NASCAR rain fill, it's uh, it's tough work. But we want to see lots of cars because there's so much to talk about in this year's championship. Um, Juan Pablo Montoya is coming back for some selected races, but most notably the Indianapolis 500. Elio Castro Neves coming back for select races with Maya Shank, uh, but most notably the Indianapolis 500. Uh, uh, Multiple-time Aussie V8 supercar champ Scott McLaughlin joins Penske. Uh, in IndyCar for the beginning of his first full season. There's a lot of eyes on that guy. There's so many great things to look forward to.
Well, Diff, I can tell you one thing. I will be tuned in, but if it starts to rain, don't call us. No <laughs> rain fill here. Yes. We rain filled yeah. out. We're going to wait We're for out. our half. We're out. Thanks I'm for joining us, man. Three. Yeah, I get that. We can do exactly. a coffee with Kyle. We can do a coffee with Kyle and guitars. Yeah, that's there it. Go. That's it, man. There you go. All right, man. Well, there you go. Supercross. We got IndyCar testing and then Supercross. Thanks for calling in, Diff. Uh, guys, it's a great week. We got yeah. Masters. We got Martinsville. We got basketball tonight. It's a great sports week. It yes, is. It is. Sports Looking sports forward week, to it. All right, who you got? Gonzaga? Gonzaga. Gonzaga over yeah. Baylor. I'm not even going to ask. Don't even ask me. Don't even ask me. All right, NASCAR American Motor Mouse, tune back in on Wednesday. <laughs>